What's up, everyone? I'm back with another episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super stoked. Uh, that's a bad pun. That's that's just a bad pun. But I am super stoked to be joined by Mike Baranis, a.k.a. the Stoked Brogy, um, a buddy of mine who I've met through Strength Faction, and we sat down for a nice conversation to talk a little bit about health and fitness, the evolution of Stoked Athletics, uh, and then I talked to him a little bit about being a history major in college and how that's helped him in the fitness industry as well. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I will see you next week. Nice. Um, so let's start with this. And I, I've never actually asked you this. I've only met you once in person. I believe it was Strength Action Chicago. Um, Philadelphia. Okay. Philadelphia. Uh, Warhorse. Um, why stoked athletics? Like, give me a little bit. Well, let me, let me, and maybe you can kind of parlay this. I probably should have started with this, but um, give people kind of like a little, uh, you know, intros to who you are. Um, what you do, why you do it. And then if you could, the first thing I was going to ask you is, is like, where stoked, like why stoked athletics and where, how it got its name. Sure. Yeah, man. Okay. So, uh, okay. I'm Mike. Mike <laughs> People call me the stoked brogy mainly. That's my Instagram name. So it makes sense because that's where we meet most of the time. Um, <laughs> I'm a strength coach. I'm stoked athletics along with my buddy, Matt Cronin. Uh, as well as the Stoked Shack now, which is my little thousand square foot gym uh, that I train my clients in. I work with, you know, like athletes, gen pop, whatever. I have some teams that I work with from high schools and colleges around the area. And I guess uh, my, my biggest goal is like simplifying and just making the in- all the information out there just simpler for whoever it is to digest relative to the fitness industry. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's my big draw to, I think I knew you as the Stoke Brogy online before I met the infamous Stoke Brogy in person. Um, But we had the pleasure of meeting through Strength Faction. um, And it's been awesome to kind of see how Stoked Athletics has grown since, I mean, I've been in Strength Faction for probably a year and a half now. And and even over the, the last year and a half, man, I feel like you went from like an like basically kind of like an online only platform to the Stoke Shack, yeah. which and I think in all aspects of that has grown substantially. Um, how like how has that evolution process been? Like, did you like go into fitness or the, this lovely industry that we call fitness um, with the idea of I'm going to open a gym or or like what was kind of like your original idea? And talk about like the evolution process, especially over the last year and a half. Okay, so I guess it starts back. Four years ago, I graduated college, but I went for history. So it was like I finished my major in junior year, like my thesis, everything. And I just needed credits to graduate. This is going to be so fucked. So can I curse? <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> you absolutely can. Like, lazy ass me, right? I'm in a fraternity and I'm like, all right, I got to get some credits done, right? So uh, we had this thing called the file cabinet, which was all the tests that everybody just like piled in. So you had all the answers and shit. So a lot of my uh, my brothers took personal training. So I was like, all right, I'll give this one a shot. You know, because I was like, <laughs> time, and I was like, I'm going to do it. So take personal training. I fucking fall in love with it. First semester, fall month. So uh, I, ta- I tell the teacher, I was like, yo, I want to like, I want to do this essentially. But, you know, I can't go back and now major in this for another three years. I'm like, not made of money. I'd rather just graduate and just hit the hit the ground running with it. So 
second semester, I took the one that uh, certified me with an A certification uh, and just took three internships with that teacher uh, at the YMCA, uh, at the school, and, and, and uh, two of them were at the school. One of, them, one of them was at the YMCA. And then uh, from there, graduated, went to Equinox. And basically, to answer that question, it was, all right, let me just see what I could do with this and see what the fuck happens. Uh, will I even be able to make it a year in this field? And if I didn't live with my parents then, man, I wouldn't have because I made like $5,000 that year. <laughs> been there. Been there. <laughs> so I guess that's how it started. I didn't have any idea of like Stoke Shack or, or Stoke Athletics or whatever. That wasn't even my Instagram name then. So like, I just kind of was like, all right, let me like see if I could train people. And it was horrible. Like I was so bad. And then I just was like, all right, well, let me try to learn more. And then kind of went with it. I don't know. Nice. So one thing that I, I always think this is like probably one of like the cooler things that I've seen is in fitness is these communities that pop up and you've started the live rad Academy. Yeah. Like, what has that been like? Like, because that's like some, it's like real deal shit. Like a lot of times people on the outside looking into the fitness industry, or even people in the industry, like think it's just grinding through 10 to 14 hours of one-on-one -on -one training clients a day. And this concept of building an actual community, fostering a community and kind of, you know, like catering to the masses, you know, or, or a little bit more of like that group setting is slowly emerging um, as kind of like the norm or the go-to in this industry. Like what is Live Rad been and, and like, what has that meant for you? Yeah. So I guess uh, I started with online coaching uh, for, I guess, the online platform. Started with online coaching and that was just like, basically the equivalent of one-on-one -on -one in person, right? So it's like someone comes to me, we talk about goals, we build a program, whatever. So then, you know, I gathered a bunch of clients doing that. I have my in-person thing. And I'm like, well, I want more of a group, the equivalent of like semi-private, I guess, or like group training for online. Uh, and I've seen people do it. So it was really based off strength faction. I remember calling Chris, uh, Chris Merritt, and I was just like, dude, like, I don't want to seem like I'm ripping off you, but basically I want to do the same thing you're doing, but with Gen Pop. And he's like, yo, that's how we started. And it grew into like just trainers just wanted to learn from us. So I was like, all right, yeah, I want to, so I just put it out there. Like uh live Rad Academy is going to be, you know, I write a program that you can customize a little bit. Uh, and then we just, you know, I'll have some lessons and we meet once a week on video, which I literally just pulling from strength faction or what, and what we've been doing there and just breaking it down a little bit more and, less from the perspective of strength coach or personal trainer and more from the perspective of accountant or, you know, union worker who just wants to not feel shitty and just get a little bit more chat. Yeah. I know like you, you started by saying like your, your mission or your goal or one of the things you aim to do is simplifying all the information that derives fitness, nutrition, recovery, sleep. Like, I mean, you, you can't even pull up like, CNN headline news and not see something about sleep and fitness come across the bottom of the ticker or something like it's so everything in fitness is becoming so mainstream and cluttered like what is it like when like working in like a group gen pop um, like what do you just find yourself having to debunk the most that we need to keep doing more because I think we live in such like a materialistic and capitalist and like we're both like you know kind of like doing it on one side of it so you know fuck us too but you know like, <laughs> i mean at the end of the day like we gotta make ours right no uh but like we live in such like uh you know we see all these people just pumping out all this shit and it's all just to make fucking money and it's like 
So, so from every side of it, somebody is just hearing like, oh, well, I got to buy those pills and oh, I got to buy that exercise piece of equipment. And oh, the P90X is fucking sweet. I got to do that while I'm doing my workout. And then oh, to recover, I need to do this. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, let's just chill out and start from like ground zero here. Like nothing, nothing. And like just start build up from there. It's like, all right, let's just work out three days a week, man. And like see what happens. And then like be really good at those three days. And what happens? They start progressing. They're like, oh, what changed? And it's like, well, you weren't running around. You are actually resting. You were recovering now. You didn't need to go to cryotherapy to recover. You just need to sleep fucking eight hours, you know? So yeah. I think bunking the idea of like, we need to constantly be going, 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 going has had the, the biggest impact with that, at least the gen pop so far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What else? Give me one more. Because I really like that answer to the first one. So I'm wondering if you have another one. <laughs> uh, about debunking? Yeah, like what do you find like is just like a really common occurring so like doing so like okay so people like like what would the next the next step be right okay I'm working out at the Stoke Shack like I'm nailing my three days a week and like I'm feeling pretty good and then they're like well what about this and you're like oh man okay now let's tackle that I think it's more of like a paradigm shift to, to getting away from on or off with everything like oh, I'm either on my diet or I'm off of it to just like more of a slider kind of thing like all right dude like yeah, you, you ate a little shitty now, just eat a little better. You know, like, it's, it doesn't have to be on or off. Like, oh, you know, like, I, I didn't eat today or I didn't eat as well today, so what's the point of working out? Like, no, like, just, it doesn't have to be so on or off. And I think just, like, approaching that mindset with everybody and that building from, like, the nutrition standpoint to the recovery to the, to the training, I think that's, like, the, the next step with a lot of people. I like it. I like the way you phrase that like on like it's like it is a sliding scale it doesn't need to be perfect nor should it ever be um but i like the way you phrase it as like yeah you you had a bad day it's fourth of july yesterday like i saw your post on instagram like how to die on the fourth of july don't live your life you know thursday is going to come the fifth is going to come and you can you can start to you know drive back you know get on the steering wheel again and kind of steer everything to where you want it to go but Mm -hmm. you know the importance of actually like living you know i think that's so so underappreciated, I guess, in the fitness industry. You know, people think like, well, I got to do this. I got to eat this. I got to make sure I'm doing this. Or I got to work out here, do this workout with my cult following here, whatever it might be. You know, but really it's like just, you know, finding that sliding scale, like you said, of this fits my life. This makes me feel happy about my life. And I'm enjoying the process along the way. And that is why I wanted you to ask another one because that was a really good answer. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Stoke bogey. Um, so I do have like one, like a, I guess like a, a, an inquisitive question. Um, you know, so like going to the Stoke Shack, um, you know, like I, I've, I've loved watching that like evolution of that thousand square foot room in the back, how it was like literally just space. Now you've got turf down. You've got some more pieces of equipment. The dumbbell regeneration over the last couple of weeks has been fun to watch. Love the purple accent, by the way. Um, like, what has been the biggest, and I phrase it in two different ways, like the biggest either challenge or change you've had to make, you know, having like an actual physical location to train out of? For my own company versus working for somebody. How, however you want to take it. Because, I mean, I've always been in a facility, right? I've always yeah. been working for somebody else or whatever. Wait, what, so what was that then? What was the biggest? Like, what's, like, been the biggest challenge of, like, like having your own space or changes you've had to make because you have your own space? 
a good question, man. I think I get very worrisome with that little guy on the shoulder who's being like, dude, but what if this all fails? You know? So uh, confronting that, because I used to run from it, just confronting them and be like, all right, what if it does? You know, what do we do there? And then like, think about like, uh, I saw this thing once called fear setting, not goal setting. I, th- I don't know if that was through strength section, but I remember seeing Tim Ferriss have a TED talk on it too, I think. But it was very much just like, all right, rather than like set our goals, like set your fears. What, what do you do if that happens? Like, all right, so if that happens, like I got to like reach out to people and get a job somewhere or whatever, you know, like approach it that way. And that's just been such like a, a, a an ample part of my life now is like having to approach that fear over and over again. Like every time I take that next step, like, and invest another couple thousand into it. I'm like, all right, well, fuck. If this goes down the drain, what do I do? You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know I that like is. that. I've never, I've never heard of fear setting. So I think that must have been like, like a, a Tim Ferriss thing or, or something that you, you pulled from somewhere else. That where it's like, so you literally like, this is my, this is the worst case scenario in my brain. Yeah. Like, what right. do I do if this happens? And is that like, is like help you like, I put in air quotes. People can't see it because it's an audio recording, but like air quotes around the coping mechanism. Like, okay, if this happens, I do this and this isn't that bad or I can handle this. Now let's go on with our day to day. Yeah. Cause I think we only ever get to shit that might happen. And like that just scares the shit out of us. But then once we take that next step and we're like, all right, well, what do we do if that happens? And we actually have like a game plan. Like, so if Stoke Shack fails and like every one of my clients in there is just like, Hey, we're out. And I'm like, you know, and then I run out of the money after the couple of months of trying to keep it afloat or whatever. It's like, I kind of have a couple of ideas of like, all right, who am I going to go to? Where am I going to, you know, am I going to try to keep my own place or am I just going to go to another gym? And like that alone, like having that plan B kind of is like, all right, so I'm not, if it happens, who the fuck cares? I know what I'm doing. Like, let's focus on making it happen now, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of merit to making sure you address your fears, get them out of the way before you start something, right? Like, the worst thing you can do is not start something. So to be able to say, okay, should this happen? Here's my plan. Should this happen? Here's my plan. That's awesome. That's another nugget, man. I'm like, I have, so I have like my note paper, right? Like my questions that I'm not going to show you, but I also like write down, like we don't look, I also have like, like I write down like the little notes. Cause I, I've, I gotta be perfectly honest. I've actually never listened to my own podcast. I never actually go back and listen to them after they're posted, I think that's- but I just, I mean, I figure like I'm in the conversation. I'm like taking notes right now, but I always tell myself I should go back and listen to what the person says and like, not like outside of the conversation, but I write them down. So that's, those are, the, those are the gen. I selfishly do this podcast just for my own learning. You hate your own voice if you do listen to it. Like when you're you know, you kind of, you kind of forget it's you. Like I don't, I listen to it. I, I don't even think it's me. I, I'm so focused on like listening to the conversation, but I like, I've never listened to my own podcast. Oh. I, I have no no interest. Um, but talk a little bit about what it was like in the, in the time leading up to going into a tangible space. Cause like you said, you were in a facility, you, you know, you worked for someone stoked athletics was a thing. When did you know, Hey, I should actually give this, give like a tangible, like a brick and mortar esque gym a shot. What was that like? How did you know when it was time and just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, if you don't mind on um, what that process was like for you? Mm-hmm. So I was working at Superior Athletics uh, with Bill Rom, um, and he, you know, he helped me out so much growing as a coach, man. And it was just like, as I was working for him, like, there's always been that side of me that's just like, you want to do your own thing. Like I, growing up, it, it was always like, you know, like do the opposite of the parents, teachers, like that whole like, mm-hmm. 
fuck the man system, blah, 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 blah whatever, right? So, yep. so, like, it was always in my head, like, dude, like, you need to do something on your own. So, like, even while I was working for Bill, there was a time where I was renting out space at this, like, really small boutique gym and training my own clients there. Just so, like, I had my own thing. But it wasn't really my own thing. It was, like, I'm just at this chick's, like, you know, she kind of does, like, Zumba-y classes, whatever, had some equipment, whatever, so I was in there. So then it was just doing that for a while. It's like, you know, like I'm picking up some clients there. And like, every time I, like, I pick up a client or somebody just hands me their money, I'm just like, oh shit, like they're just trusting me. They're trusting just Mike. Like that's it. It's just standalone Mike, right? So they're trusting me and there's just this thing going off in my head. Just like, all right, so like, what if just more people did that? Sounds so stupid saying it, but like, what if just more, like, all right, what if five people did that? 10 people, 20 people did that and just handed you their money every month. It's like, all right, well then I could have my own space and I could have my own like, trying to trying to stoked enterprises well, yeah, right but like even like the smallest thing like all right what's the mural on the wall gonna look like what does that exemplify of stoked or of me or of my like thoughts in, of fitness or the world right like so every time like somebody's handing me money i'm like i could fucking like build something man i could build something you know so then it just came to the point where i was just like all right time to you know do it like it just pestered at me enough where i was like i talked to bill and i was like look man i really want to get my own thing going like you know, and, and like, I have nothing but great things to say about that experience at, at Superior. Like it was fucking awesome. And, but like being on my own, like I just had to do it, you know? So it was, it was kind of, it was very bittersweet, but at the same time, like the whole time I'm just like, all right, this is the right move. Like it has to be the right move. Like it, it, it pesters at you so much. Like why wouldn't you at least try it? You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, crazy some other people that have been on the podcast john moljo especially like is a guy that worked for someone else went independent contractor similar like he wasn't he was in the back of an mma gym versus like you know, someone like in a zumba gym like had some equipment and it always like just it, you guys have said the same thing like it's just always been like either the thought that's in the back of your head like i gotta do this i gotta do this or the drive that you've had like i gotta do this i gotta do this but it is funny how like similar people are with that mindset, you know, across the board, especially to think like entrepreneurship, like trying to build your own space, your own culture. Like it's a, it's a very common mindset. Um, you know, that you just kind of tell it's like, I, like we have athletes here at, at our facility and, and like, you can always tell who's a division one athlete. Cause they have like the it factor. Like they just, they're just different than, the other athletes, the way they work out, the way they train, the way they talk, think of their bodies, think of their sport, think of everything. And it's kind of like that with like business ownership too. I feel like it's kind of like a different, it's like, it's more, more than a business. It's like, it's like a reflection, clearly a reflection of yourself. And, and you said that like, you know, like, Oh, what if I'm able to like, you said the mural on the wall, like, what does that exemplify about me? What does it say about me? Like the level of thought that people put in to their creation is unbelievable. And it's so awesome to hear like people that have like evolved to that point, share it because there's so many similarities. It's, it's the littlest things, man. Like every little thing about how, like even that purple accent, like I was like, cause I want to fucking put purple on my dumbbell. Right? <laughs> and it made me so happy to be painting fucking, you know, scrubbing dumbbells and then painting that little line on it. It's like, fuck yeah. I love it. I love it. I thought it was funny. You said like, what's like the biggest challenge or change that you've had, like having your own space, but like, well, you know, you take care of the equipment a little bit differently when it's your own and you've, you've got the wire brush out and the vinegar soak and you're like scrubbing oh, the rust off the dumbbell. Like you, you treat them a little bit differently. Like there's like, hey, hey, easy on those weights. Set them down gently. Please don't, please don't throw them into the wall. Uh, that's funny. 
And I, so my last question, and this is just kind of a spur because you said your, your major was history. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you use the lessons you've learned as a history major every day coaching people. Oh. Do you? I think like, I'm, a, I'm a business major. So I was in a similar path of you. I, I fell into personal training through like a, like a big weight loss for myself and didn't want to transfer into the, the fitness major on campus at SUNY Plattsburgh because I was two years in and I just wasn't oh, like you said. I was at SUNY Plattsburgh, man, the real upstate. Okay, nice. I just couldn't, I couldn't afford to transfer into another two years. So you just, you know, you kind of take what you got and run with it. But obviously business, you know, whatever it be management, like, you know, talking about like organizational theory, things that I use every day with people, but I'm sure I, I've got to imagine with history, whether it be like lessons or like even just listening to your approach of how you simplify or try to simplify things for people and just like, it's almost like it's in like a textbook, like, like a theory based textbook that you would pull from like a different, different career almost. Let me, uh, let me try to answer this one. So one of the best teachers I had, Dr. Beal, like one of the like best things he said to me was like, we all view history on this timeline and it's like, Oh, this happened. Of course it happened. It's on the timeline. It's right there. The dots on that little line it happened, whatever. But like we, we forget about that. It's, it's more of such a web and like three dimensional, like, or where shit's just coming at you. There's so many factors of why something happened. Um, and that's kind of the same thing, how I look at like fitness in a way. And it, it, it's just so multifaceted or not even fitness, but like what we, like you said, like what we call fitness, you know, like, like why is your body changing right now? Well, like there's so much going on. It's not because like, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I started doing 12 reps instead of eight. That's how this happened. Like, no, like, nah, probably a lot more than that, man. <laughs> so, like, like, how do we look at all these things? And I think the first step is understanding that, like, it's all of this shit, man. And it's, it's, it's changing, like, how we look at all that to change whatever it is that we want to. God, I'm getting so lost in this right now. Keep going, because it it's good. Sense. It's good. Like, does this make sense? Like, yeah. I think it makes perfect sense. One, like, such little movement. But in order to, to, to really view it like that and, and make change, we have to step back and see everything that's going on around it and how we view everything that's going on around it. And then we can dive back in just to that one little line and be like, all right, so that's why that happened. Okay, so. Yeah. People think, one, people think history is a dot on a timeline, like you said. Like, it's some linear thing. Time goes on and – this happens, this fallout happens, this recovery happens. But like you're saying, like if you take that dot and extract it into something bigger, you'd see this was a, a driving force, this was a driving force, this was a driving force. And like you said, a web occurs and that's the same thing in fitness. Like you can't just look at it in a linear way and say, if I do three sets of 10 in every exercise for the next four weeks, magically everything that I've ever wanted is going to happen. And if what you do want magically happens, there's probably some other things in that web that are contributing to it. But we need, but at the same time, like, yeah, we need, we need to look at it that way so that we can understand like, all right, but maybe three sets of 10, it's a good place to start, but yeah, everything, but we got to start there. Got to start at least. I love it. I love it. Uh, if you guys don't follow at the stoked brogy on Instagram, Mike posts a lot of these little, I mean, they're, they're kind of philosophical. They're intellectual. I like it. I like it. I just go on some rants sometimes, man. I like it. Like, I like the video rants. Like, you'll be like, oh, I got a rant coming. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this like three times to like really understand it. But 
you know, like I love it. Like, I think that's, I think there needs to be more authenticity in this industry. It's part of the reason I do this podcast and it's candid conversations, but they're like, there's so much pre-scripted fluff in what we've got in probably every industry, but obviously we're, we're both in the fitness industry. Like I, I think that like, it's almost like that with people, what people think is fitness. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. This is going to happen. And that couldn't be further from the truth, yeah. but you know, like that's where coaching exists, redefining what you think fitness is, redefining what you think of yourself in relation to fitness is. And it's awesome. More, we need more stoked brogies in the world. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the stoked brogy. Um, so I kind of just dropped, we dropped the Instagram handle a couple of times, but if, if people want more Mike, where do they go? Yeah. At the Stokes Brogy. Um, we have a newsletter. So at Stoked Athletics for the Stoked Athletics page, we have a newsletter. We try and pump it out like at least once a week, but probably more like once every two weeks. And then if you're down to follow the shack at the Stoke shack, and if you <laughs> want to follow my favorite taco spot, you can go at Swell Taco. Um, <laughs> I make no decisions and I DM them all the time and they never answer me, but whatever. Oh, dude. Yeah. I feel like, uh, if I'm ever, if I'm ever, is it Babylon, right? Is that where you are? Yeah. Babylon. Did I say that? I, okay. If I'm ever out on the Island that is strong, I'm, I have to go to Swell Taco. Yeah. I have to. You have to. And you got to order the Stoked Brogarito. Do they actually, will that actually, is that a thing? Like, will they just look some, at me like I'm insane? Like, all right, so what do you want? And then you have to explain it. But like enough, I've annoyed to the point where they're like, all right, yeah, it's just the, uh, the San Clemente with double chicken, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. That's awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for making some time coming on on this. this I don't know if it's hot where you are. It's hot as shit up here in Vermont. We're like in the thick of a heat wave. But um, I'm sure we'll do this again, man. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. I really, I really enjoyed this.